0: Hello and welcome back to this episode of Shoulder to Shoulder, where we strive to grow in love of the Lord and each other. I'm Megan Silas. And I am Pam Marvin. And we are so glad to be back. And we're glad that we have two podcasts that are going back to back one week after another because we've been a little spotty. So I like to get into that groove where we're we're kind of, you know, building on it because I know that, you know one thing leads to another, right? And so often, even though people listen to these podcasts, um, temporarily separated from each other, like they're often more connected than people think, because as we record them, we do them in clusters of four. And so, uh, each one can often have a connection to the one before or the one after based on all the conversations that we had before we recorded in the mm. middle of recording. Believe me, uh, we end up, Um, shooting ourselves in the foot a little bit when it comes to how much time we take up in the studio because we just end up talking so much about different things, but
1: it's so fun.
0: Yeah, I want to jump
1: in here real quick and say, if if our podcast has blessed you in some way, would you please go over to our uh, Facebook page at Shoulder, number two Shoulder, and just like our page. Maybe leave a comment if you like it. Um, We would really love to hear from you there, even if you have a show idea as well. And you could also go to the Red Sea Radio app as well. Well, app or rather the Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: they have a website too. So website, <laughs> all of the things, right. all the things, all mm-hmm. the web
1: stuff. Do you know what, Megan? Um, one of the things we haven't talked about yet. I didn't have, hadn't had the opportunity to tell you is that, um, we had a funeral since I last saw you. Oh, It was my stepdad, my mom's husband who passed away. God rest his soul. He was, um, He was a air force veteran who pretty much had been poisoned by agent orange. Mm. He's had jaw cancer. Mm -hmm. He's had lots of complications. He's, he was just such a tough guy. Like he, he'd been predicted to die many times in the past. And well, his time was actually up in this past November, but, but you know, while loving to talk about his life, I think, um, His death and funeral are the coolest thing to talk about with Mm -hmm. you today. So I, he was not, he was a very spiritual man. Um, He converted later in life to Catholicism, but then fell away from it again. Okay, But he really wanted to receive last rites Mm -hmm. and wanted a full mass Mm. Catholic wedding. Weddings. Yeah. Well, you, it is it's a kind of wedding, it's right? Kind it's funerals, of, yeah. it's interesting how
0: funerals and weddings really yeah. do have a connection. Yeah. So we we're blessed to
1: have it here at St. Mary's with Father Will Stratton. And, you know, it was very sparsely attended, but I was really just struck um, with how moved everybody, because most people weren't Catholic at all. Mm-hmm. So he was witnessing beyond the grave about his devotion of some, on some level right. to the Catholic mass. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people of really no faith at her talking, oh, that was such a, that was so amazing and so reverent. But yeah. there was the coolest, the coolest story is that um, my mom, who, as if you listen to the podcast, she's not, uh, she is not Catholic. Let's say right. that, sure. not particularly Christian, although she's got elements, said that as he was dying, she had a kind of an image in her head that the blessed mother was putting her mantle around him and all of his loved ones Hmm, and extra. So she like really could feel it. This is as he's dying. Mm -hmm. Right. And really being a part of that experience, which I was very thankful for because in my heart, the Lord has always really whispered, the Blessed Virgin is going to be the one who converts your mom, you know? Mm, yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of a cool thing. And it was so beautiful. And to listen to people talk about it for the next few days about mm-hmm. what an impact and how powerful it was. because they I'd never been to Catholic mass before.
0: Yeah. That's you great. know, I really find the Catholic funeral rites to be so beautiful, mm-hmm. so transcendent. And, and I know a story of actually of somebody who converted to Catholicism After going to a mass, like she was so impressed with the reverence and the seriousness of of sending Mm -hmm. a soul to their final place. But the reality that that may be a process still, you know, and so I think one of the things that really does, I think, distinguish often the Catholic faith from Protestant Christianity is this idea of purgatory, where as one passes from this life, that there's still sometimes work to be done in the soul. And that, that work we can participate in as their loved ones with our prayers. And that's a beautiful thing. That idea that someone you love, so much who you want the best for when they've passed on, like is not separated from you that you can still be efficacious in their lives. And we do that without assumptions that they're just going to be swept into heaven. And if that's the case, awesome because then you've got a saint praying for you, you know, but nothing goes wasted. So if we're asking, if we're praying for a soul that we don't know if they're in purgatory or if somehow they were purified completely on this life and they go straight to the Lord. Like the Lord's gonna use that. There's graces in those prayers. And so that's the thing that I find so amazing about the Catholic funeral. It's this understanding of our connectedness Mm -hmm. still after the person leaves and that we are engaged in each other's lives even though we don't see them. And it speaks also of God's loving mercy that he doesn't want to separate us. He doesn't desire separation among his children. He hates death. But even though sin brought death into the world, he makes a way to maintain the unity, even in that reality. And it just speaks to the hope of our faith and the love of our God. And so, yeah, Yeah, a Catholic funeral is an awesome thing.
1: Well, speaking of love of our God, today we're gonna broach the subject of where New Year's resolution meets Lenten promises. Yeah. I love this topic. I'm very excited about yeah, it. I think. Because let me, let me just give you yeah, a little no, background. Go. So Megan and I, we have our little lively conversations as we we're trying to, we're prepping for the show and whatnot. And both of us really had this kind of a word from God that like in this new year how, how he wanted us to be and behave and, so we're like, yeah, but that's, you know, it's been a couple of weeks now it's in the past. So, and then Megan had the idea of just marrying the two of them mm-hmm. because they actually roll right into each other. Um, because our resolutions sh- should also be how are we going to go closer to God? Our Lenten promises are going to be how right. we go closer to God? Yeah. So so go ahead and, and let's talk about yeah, no, closer to God.
0: I, I just think the timing of it is good. You know, obviously Lent starts at different times. Different years, right? Depending on when Easter is. And so this Lent is early. I mean I mean, everyone's focusing on the fact that this year Lent starts on Valentine's Day, which everyone I think the the default when that happens is Uh, So you mean I have to fast on the day when I want to be eating chocolate to my heart's content and going out for a big meal with my lovey dovey? And you know this idea that you know that the secular world has sold us about Valentine's Day being something that we have to be like indulgent and treating ourselves, and now we're faced with this reality that as Catholic Christians know, this is a day of fasting and prayer and, and and everything. And so but that also that reality is as it's close to the end of the Christmas season and the beginning of the new year where we often at the time around new years we're looking we've looked back on the year we had before, kind of taken stock and then sort of decided some things we might like to do to grow improve ourselves grow in our relationship with god but by about the month mark which is where we're at often those things that we felt really passionate about or really gung-ho about in our new year's resolutions have waned they're like ah, i did not you know, do I really need to do that? Or was that really God calling me? Or is that just me being all like, oh, I need a new year's resolution. So I'm just going to pick something or whatever. So this time as we prepare to go into Lent, we can look back and say, okay, this is what I said I was going to do for the new year. Did I do it or not? If I did, how well did I do it? If I didn't, why didn't I do it? And is the Lord calling me to take that mantle up again or to discern another path moving forward into this penitential season? Okay. Should we
1: talk X's and O's now about what kind of things we're doing or want to or have been pondering or what the words the Lord has given us? Sure. Sure.
0: Um, Do you want to go first? You want me to go first? Um, I'll go first. Okay.
1: So... I was really struck there by the end of the year by, and I can't remember what passage it, it was, but it was, um, it was scripture and during the mass and talking about, you know, not without God's grace. Like mm-hmm. we can do nothing without his grace, right? Word. We can really <laughs> yeah. really do nothing without his grace. And I think so many of us get caught up in, and this is me, I'm speaking about myself, thinking, man, I thought I was better than this. I thought I could be better than this. Mm-hmm. And you, And you could see how much I said the word I in that of trying to be better. Um, And then I asked myself, how often are you asking for God's grace in that? Where's the room for God's grace? And I I really realized, you know, even though I I, I intellectually knew that, I wasn't doing it. I wasn't like inviting his grace in all the time. I Mm. was just thinking, you know, I must be better. I've got to be better, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And kind of white knuckling it and not continually asking for God's grace. And so when it wasn't happening, you know, I'm thinking, man, I must be awful. You know, I beat myself up, which does nothing but leave you bloody. <laughs> <laughs> it's just no good purpose for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Really, that really struck me hard last fall that I somehow was not asking for God's grace in the details of my life. Mm-hmm. And so um, my on the new year, I re- I started really pondering, Lord, number one, I want to know what it's like to respond to your grace more. You know, can I feel it? Do I know it? And so I have a lot of questions. And so I don't have answers to these um, but but this time next year, maybe I will, because I'm really asking the Lord uh-huh. to show me what it's like to be constantly at the mercy of his grace to become the woman of God he wants me to be. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a stay tuned. I don't know. Um, but anything, any, any tips you have about how to respond to God's grace? I mean, it's kind of like responding to the Holy Spirit, perhaps.
0: I don't know, Megan. What do you think? <laughs> well... We can't respond to grace we don't recognize as being offered. Like, so if somebody is holding out a gift to us, but we're never placing ourselves in the presence of the person who wants to give it to us, or we're closing our eyes and, you know, yelling so that we can't hear their voice when they say, Hey, I have this gift I want to give you. (laughs) Like then we're not going to be able to receive it. And so to, I think it helps me to really conceptualize grace as a gift that the Lord always wants to give us. It's, it's not like he's withholding it until like we do something to make ourselves worthy of it, right? It's like he wants to give it to us, but we need to place ourselves in a disposition to receive it, right? And so that I think is really the first step of, receiving and grace he wants to give us is simply placing ourselves in his presence in a manner in which we can be receptive. Okay. 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 So now I'm getting this image.
1: I love the word abide. It's mm, yeah, like a great abiding word. Abiding in God's love and abiding in his presence. Mm-hmm. And so, and perhaps, I mean, I've gone through times in my life where I've really tried to actively practice that abiding mm-hmm. because it's a real different, um, overall sensation and, and, and state of mind. Right. If you are really conscientious of the presence of the Lord with you. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. maybe it's that working on the abiding so that I am more available and aware of
0: the gift. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think also sometimes we get in our heads this preconceived notion about. Well, if I had the grace, it would look like this. So clearly I just don't have the grace. When sometimes it might be, no, there's grace that you have. It's just not exhibiting itself in the manner in which you wanted it to exhibit itself. Right. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's a suspension of preconceived notions about what it will look like in your life if you have the grace, you know, because I know for myself, Um, sometimes I want the grace. I want grace to look like particularly I find myself asking for the grace of deep charity. Like I want to love really well. And so I get in my head that I don't have the grace to love. Well, if there's anything in my heart that is at all negative, like if there's any place within me that gets annoyed or, you know, wants to not spend a whole bunch of time with a person or whatever, like that, that just means I'm not loving. Well, when the reality very well may be the fact that you have that difficulty and yet you overcome the negative in order to do what is right or behave in a way that's holy. Even if the feelings within you, aren't perfect is the grace that he wants you to have right then to say, I'm willing to endure the discomfort of loving instead of having it just be easy peasy because Mm -hmm. I'm all grace filled. Right? Like it's not always that easy. And I think it should, I think sometimes it's better for us that it's not that easy that he is continuing trying to refine us to overcome these places within ourselves. Right, right. right we're, yeah. we're growing in the friction. Yeah, 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 exactly. Of course. So I think those preconceived notions about what it looks like, yeah. because I think sometimes people think they don't have grace when they actually do. It's just not manifesting itself. They wait the way on it too.
1: Yeah. I don't think I even had a preconceived notion about how I wanted to. Yeah. Maybe it was that it thinks it would be easier. Maybe that's yeah. it.
0: What about you? Well, there's a couple things that really the Lord impressed on my heart, um, around the new year. And then I'm really trying to live in and I'm not a hundred percent sure yet about how it it needs, it's going to look. But so there's a big word that he gave me that basically said, you're not a saint. And in the past, in places where I haven't been healed, that would have taken me down a really, really bad path for the Lord to tell me that. It would have taken me to a place of total self-deprecation and feelings of being an imposter and whatever. And the reason I really feel like it's from the Lord is because I didn't feel any of that. Mm. When that word came to my heart, my response was, yeah, that's right. I'm not, but I want to be. And when I say I want to be, what that means to me is not like I want to be this person who's on some holy card with a halo around my head, like looking all perfect. What it means to my heart as far as what it means to be a saint is to desire the Lord above all things at all times. And so I recognize that there are places within me where I don't put him first and don't seek him first because of things like just sensuality, laziness, slothfulness, because one of the, an analogy for me would be like exercise. I like having exercised. I don't think I've ever had an experience where I was like, after having exercise where I think that was a waste of time. I shouldn't have bothered. Like I always feel better. I feel good having exercise dopamine, man. Right. But the thing is, is that there's an inertia that you have to get over a resistance to doing it. A lot of times, most of the time I'm not like, yes, I'm so psyched. I want to go exercise. And so there's a, there's this resistance that sometimes you don't overcome and then you don't exercise and you end up feeling bad about not having exercised. Right. But then when you do overcome it and you have exercised, then you feel good. And I found that in my spiritual life, sometimes I will not go into a place of seeking the Lord in prayer because there's an inertia or a resistance of laziness, or it would be so much easier just to watch a television show or listen to a podcast because I don't have to do anything. It's so passive. It's so easy and it's entertaining. And so, but to get into a place of prayer can feel at the start, like some work, right? You have to settle your spirit. You have to place yourself in a time and place where you're not going to have a lot of distractions. You have to put the phone away. You have to really intentionally do the work to place yourself in God's presence sometimes. And I don't always respond with a yes. When I have time and opportunity, my sensuality of like, I just want to be a lazy lump and just, (laughs) just receive without any work. Mm -hmm. I choose something other than him. But the reality is this, when I say I don't I want to be a saint. I'm saying I want to experience the presence of God for eternity why do I behave in a way now that doesn't speak the truth about my heart? Right. Right. And so to grow in that place of choosing him and not allowing these superficial, sensual, slothful impulses to prevent me from really living out my true heart's desire. So that's one. And then the other one was, have stopped talking so much and start listening more and, and the way I put it is stop being in teacher mode and move into disciple mode mm. and I'm thinking okay people listening to this podcast are probably like yeah shocking she's, yeah. In, she's like teacher mode a lot like I know that I get into that place where I have all these ideas and I love to synthesize them and I love to make connections and And, and when they come to me, (laughs) and when they come to me, they seem so clear and self-evident, but I've also, I get excited about them and I want to share them with other people. And so I think those things, the excitement of my mind and the things, the pondering of things of the Lord can place me in a time of speaking more than listening. And that can happen even in prayer. And I need... I think the Lord is calling me to be that disciple that sits at his feet to learn from him and also to not only quiet my own voice, but quiet a lot of the other voices that I'm allowing in my life, like podcasts and TV and all these other things that aren't his voice, Mm. you know, to create that space for him to speak into me, to speak his truth, to teach me, who he calls me to be. And that's the only way I'm going to become the saint I want to be.
1: Right. Well, Megan, one thing that um, strikes me about you is that you, I think more than your average person are very comfortable in the solitude. Like you've got Mm -hmm. that introvert side of you too. They can go hiking in the woods for hours. Mm -hmm. And, and and I think that's beautiful because I think this predisposes you more for prayer and reception to what God wants of you, but not everybody's made that way too. So it's kind of like hard. Like I'm thinking about myself, where mm-hmm. I've got to have just the right amount of interaction and just the right, right. amount of solitude. Because yeah. mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm too much solitude, I I get depressed. I need people yeah. in my life. Yeah, but yeah, but I I see what you're saying because I have a hard time with distractions too. We could do a whole podcast on distractions. <laughs> yeah, but I, but I would say we have. <laughs> I would say about you
0: though, Pam, is that like you? I think do better than I do at maintaining a posture of listening when you're in uh, social circumstances. Mm. Like I I think now God gives me the grace to do it in spiritual direction. So that's a different place within my life. I I definitely really feel like a different person when I'm in spiritual director mode than when I'm in my just like normal everyday going about the world mode. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm in every day going about the world mode, I'm constantly taking in information and analyzing it, co- you know collate, collating it, and then wanting to express it so that not only um, I can share with another person, but so I can actually even um, have it assimilated within myself. So that sort of external processing thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's going on so actively within me that I know that sometimes in my normal life, with other people, I can do that too much where I'm not listening as intently to the other because I'm got so much going on within my own mind and so willing to speak it, you know. And but that again, to bring that to prayer as well is like sometimes I'll even do that in prayer. We're like, Oh my gosh, Lord, like this, 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 and this, and this, and I learned, you know, thought this, and I, you know, this, this, and this, and you know, this is where I was thinking and this is where I was going and this is, you know, what I think I learned. And, but then to spend enough time, and he wants to hear that stuff. He absolutely does want to hear my heart and where my mind is going. And, but he also wants me then to say, okay, now it's your time, Lord, to give me, the feedback and what you're yeah. thinking and what you're feeling and thinking, yeah. you know?
1: Yeah. And, and I have noticed one thing too, along those same lines is I often say, Oh, I have so much, I have such a difficult time quieting myself. Um, you know, I do my best like at mass and in adoration. Um, but then there's been times where I am very distracted and this and that, and still feel like I hear kind of the Lord speaking to me in something like mm-hmm. really loudly. So he does sometimes, and I need to like give myself credit for like you are hearing them, even in in your distraction, you're still hearing them.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, as we've shared those things, like to then look at Lent and say, yeah. how, okay, so how that's how, those are the things that the Lord brought to us as far as New Year's resolution. So for me, what that's looked like is to be more intentional about using the time that I have to really be in prayer instead of chasing after, you know, distractions, distractions or, or knowledge. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then also, um, to be quieter, try to be more of a, a, the disciples heart, like to the Lord and to others to, you know, really ask people, okay, well, what do you think? And tell me more about why you came to that conclusion about this, that or the other, instead of just being like, well, this is what I think. And then, okay, if you think differently, let's have an argument about it or let's have a discussion where I try to convince you of my point of view, like to be more postured towards, no, I, my point of view isn't even really that relevant right now. I just really want to hear about you and learn from you. Um, So I'm trying to do that more. um, And then also, you know, get rid of some of those other voices that I don't really need to hear. Um, so I mean, obviously that can go into a Lenten um, okay commitment. So, so how does yes, let's, right? Let's talk about that. How what is that? What's been bubbling up in
1: your mind about a Lenten commitment coming from these inspirations you've received around the the New Year's?
0: Yeah. So I think for me that would really be a um, saying. Okay, I'm going to a hard limit on any social media mm-hmm. type stuff mm-hmm. or you know podcasts and and even reading things like X and Facebook and all that sort of stuff. Just really step back from all that, but not replace it with anything other than prayer. Not even good reading. Okay. Spiritual reading is different. That, and that's okay. a, I, I'm glad you brought up that point because one of the things so that's that, one of my defaults, yeah, one of the things about podcasts and stuff is there tend to be very much about what people are thinking in a moment or about a topic that's current or all these sort of things. And so, but spiritual reading of people who are saints already or really profound theologians is often the fruit of deep meditation that has been pondered and gone over and really not just off the cuff stuff. Right. And so there's a, I think there's a deeper place that happens in the writing as opposed to just the speaking. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I think that's a place that could be supplemented uh, prayer and spiritual reading from, you know, a a spiritual master, like a a definitely like acknowledged, you know, spiritual master. So,
1: you know, I feel a podcast coming on. We're going to have to like Get Caleb in that the next time around when we start to talk about our favorite spiritual readings and like sure. share with one another, share with some of our friends, and say which are some of your favorites to share with our listeners as we try to move away from, um, you know, these this media stuff all the time. Is it right. we're talking on media, right? Um, but yeah, I, I I'm always very drawn to that too. I, I find that to be some of the most edifying and igniting. Um, readings I've done. Like right now, I'm for the second time reading Fulfillment of All Desire mm-hmm. by Ralph Martin because right. it's a compilation right, yeah. of all of, um you know, especially Jean of the Cross. And I didn't even know St. Bernard of Clairvaux, Clairvaux. Uh-huh. that well until I did this. And uh-huh. it's like, wow, he really resonated. They, they all do. They're all kind of in a cluster of the same kind of thought. And mm-hmm. It's very, very edifying. Um, but I, I've been so kind of slothful lately, and like, eh, you know, I want to go read my novel instead.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, and, and that's it's a good sort of, novel. I and mean, when we have those realizations that to like really come up with that re- question of, okay, why, what, why am I feeling that? Why am I feeling the draw to the thing that's fluffy or not fulfilling? You know, and it's so much the story of St. Ignatius it's of Loyola, a comfort right? thing, right? It's a comfort thing. Though. Like, isn't yeah. that his whole deal? Like in the he realized that he was reading kind of like these basically novels, and then and then he was reading Lives of the Saints and he recognized, wait a second, I get some fleeting pleasure from this novel, but the deeper abiding peace and yeah. joy comes from this deeper reading. And so it's like again, it comes down always to that I mean, how iconic the saint paul i do the thing i do not want like why am i doing the thing i do not want because what do i but you don't really get to i think the heart of that until you acknowledge what do i really want Mm -hmm. and i think that's a question that would be great as people go into lent to really ask what do i really
1: want okay i want to i want to like piggyback on that because some of the things i've been listening to in podcasts too is in the eyes of God, who am I really? Yeah, that speaks to who, humility, the honesty about who yourself. Who am I? Yeah. Right? So if I ask that in all honesty, in the way that God created me uh, prior to the original sin, and how am I living out some of that calling? Yes, mm-hmm. I, I have to struggle with the original sin, but who really am I? I mean, I'm talking about the positive things. Right, that we're not living yeah, as, yes. as a child of God. What are those positive things that we're not living as a child of God? So, to piggyback on what my, you know, being responding to God's grace, one of my things for the new year also is being more disciplined. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of people, especially in our culture, because discipline's just not that thing. Everybody's fascinated. Like, how can we become more disciplined? Mm-hmm. And that's why I l- listen to my favorite neuroscientist. And talk about, you know, increasing the part of the brain that controls willpower and discipline by leaning into the friction of the things you don't want to do. Yeah. So that's my, that's, that's where my Lenten resolution is going to, mm-hmm. resolution is going to kind of, um, you know, to try and be attracted to. So recently I had Miranda on uh, Roundup and she's, just She's brilliant, and she says she is drawn toward the friction mm-hmm. because she knows it grows that part of the brain that helps right. discipline and things like that. So I'm like, okay, I want to be drawn to the friction. I want to love the friction. I'm like really anxious to get to work on this even though my desire for comfort is off the chart, and that's all the more reason I need to go that way.
0: Yeah, and the thing that really is coming to my mind, the word that's coming to my mind is conviction, so we're not going to be capable of overcoming the friction or the desire to do this, the easy thing, the comfortable thing, the short-term pleasurable thing. If we're not convicted that the harder thing is really what we want. You know. So when I say, what, ask yourself, what do you really want? And if the answer to the question is, I really, really want to grow in love of the Lord. I want to grow in virtue. I want to grow in holiness. That's really the deepest desire of my heart. If you come to that conclusion, then that can be the place of conviction that leads you to do the things that will help you do that. But sometimes when you do that actual examination, the answer's no. No. Actually, right now, that's not where my desire is. My desire is not the Lord above all things. If that's the answer that you come back to, then you have to go to that place of, okay, well, then I, do I desire to desire that? And then the conviction becomes, I want to grow in my desire to desire, desire the Lord. And so you have to find where you really are. Because what I find happens is if we base our um, commitments— on things that we think we should do and not the things that we really want to do, that we who we really want to be, but just on who we think we should be. Who we really we, truly are. We will not maintain the level of conviction that it takes to be successful in being, you know, consistent in those things. So, yeah. I think for me, what the New Year resolution did is really raise my heart and mind to the reality that I want to be in the presence of the Lord for all eternity, and I want that to start right now. Okay, so practical tips for Linton, your Linton
1: promise. What are going to be the concrete resolutions bubbling up? What comes to mind?
0: Significant increase in prayer time. More quiet. More quiet. Mm. Less time commitments in my schedule that prov- provide the excuses to not be in prayer. Or okay, to so not go do to a mouth. little
1: trimming of your social. So- well, it's not necessarily yeah. social because what you do is very apostolic as well.
0: Yeah. No. So it, that's a true, balance. Yeah. I mean, yeah I'm really like discerning line, I each thing, not just like falling into things, but being intentional about deciding each thing.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've had to as I've, um, you know, I let things fall away when I started working. And so as I added things back, they were very intentional. Yeah. So how about you? Um, uh, yeah, just increasing the discipline, you know, um, and how do I concrete do, do that is to learn to love the hard things. So one of the phrases I've used in the past, it, like choose the lesser mm-hmm. in doing things like, you know, I want to go, sit and read my novel, but, you know, I really need to go do some of these chores right Mm -hmm. now or something like that. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, um, I would rather go sit on the couch and watch TV than go be intentional and have a great conversation with my husband. Right. Right. So choosing the thing that gives me that friction within and just choosing that over and over again.
0: Yeah. And I would encourage you like in that place to not just be like, okay, I'm just going to choose the lesser thing or the harder thing or whatever, but to really attach to it the why, the what you think that choice is going to lead to a greater good. What's the greater good that that more difficult choice is going to lend itself to? Well, hopefully
1: it's going to lessen the desire for comfort.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's what what I've really you know, just seeking bad. But that's, but my point is, is like, you don't want to just run. It's like, I don't want to just be trying to move away from that. I want to be, you want to be moving towards the good. Like I want to have less, you know, sort of temptation to comfort because I want my desire for this to trump that. Like, so you know what I'm saying? Like if if we just focus on the bad that we don't want, uh, oftentimes we're going to run out of steam. It's good to have. Yeah, but in my our bad view. is just
1: comfort. So I mean, that's that's different. You know, like so bad is like. No, it oh, is, sweet. let yeah. me just take a little nap now. <laughs> Read a little novel. It's so good. I've I've earned it. I'm a grandma, empty
0: nester. Well, and then the, there's also balance too. That sometimes Amen. we are going to have to just do things for yeah, rest and for, for sure. personal care, and those aren't necessarily bad things. So don't go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> For sure not. Everything in so moderation. I hope this has been right? helpful to everybody. I don't know. It's, well, it's, it's been, been helpful to us. So, <laughs> hey, we, at least we worked out what we're yeah. up to. So y'all are on your own after yeah, this. But, <laughs> so funny. Okay. but we hope that it's blessed to you. And um, we'll be praying for you as you uh, enter into Lent. And we hope that it'll be a holy season for all of us. Amen. And I'm sure we'll be having some Pray and conversations. Prayer and fasting. Yeah, it's, it's a long road. So we'll be with you on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I hope you'll remain with us. Uh, So until next time, please remain united with us in prayer. God bless.